0: Hello, everyone. I'm Dana Stewart Bullock, and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about physiology. I will, of course, first define it and then talk about how to see physiology in a whole new way, a way that originates in the definition of physiology itself. So welcome. The word physiology refers to the way in which a living organism or bodily part functions. It comes from the Greek for natural philosophy. It refers to the study or science of the physical form and how it functions. And in transformational therapeutics, function is paramount. It is the raison d'etre of the paradigm. Improved function is always the goal, whether a problem be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. I use the word physiology throughout because to me it is so central to our world. We incarnate into physical form, and that form is our vehicle during our time on this earth. Therefore, our physiology is the only way we have of interacting with, and in, our world. Physiology, our bodies, are central to living on this planet, and after 46 years of working on bodies, human and other animals, I know with every fiber of my being that the body never lies. We perhaps may not be able to interpret correctly the language of physiology. It does, however, never lie. So it is a great reference point and a gauge for determining our truths and reality and is readily available to each and every one of us. Joining me today is my dear friend, Rebecca Doring, a healer in her own right. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Last episode, you left
1: us off by telling us to start observing our own physiological state. Could you... Explain more about physiology.
0: What does that even mean? So physiology, the word comes from the study of the nature of something. So it's about studying your physical form and how that, the nature of our actual being, of our tissues, of our anatomy, what is the nature of it that we're all born with as human beings and the functions of the different systems in our bodies You know, different systems like the nervous system, the musculoskeletal system, the visceral system, you know, the gut, whatever is in us, it's the study of those systems that is the nature of those systems. There was a guy named Erwin Korr who was a physiologist. He worked with osteopaths and he said, human life is expressed through contractile processes of striated muscle. I know that's a big sentence. What he said is we begin to see that even the highest intellectual activity is lacking in value except insofar as it can be acted out in and upon the environment and by being communicated to others. So we have this vehicle and unless it can move and function, it's sort of not very valuable. And he said the musculoskeletal system is the primary machinery of life. You know, We talk about heart and viscera and brain and everything, but without your musculoskeletal system to carry out the commands of those other systems, you're not functioning in the world. Inherent in the nature of those systems, if, if we're born pure, so to speak, and those systems are all on board, they have a health to them that is inherent in them. And over time, we tend to lose that healthy aspect of them through disease, through pathology. And studying their potential and knowing what their potential is then allows one to use the physiology as a gauge for where we are.
1: How does this apply to your model?
0: Because the physiology itself has a language. Each one of the systems has its own language. And in our physical form, the different systems speak to each other. They have a, actually have a common language. It's really interesting across circulation, neurology, orthopedics, musculoskeletal. All of those systems have to work together in order for us to function.
1: For sure. Which I want to take a moment in case of anyone listening to this episode, if this is your very first episode, I would highly recommend that you go back and start with episode one, learn a little bit more about some of these terms in particular language and understanding what this model is about. That being said, if you just listen to this episode, you'll still gain a lot of value. But if you find yourself feeling a little bit confused, this podcast works really well listening to it in order. So knowing the physiology and the definition of the physiology and that it all has language How can we use this?
0: Well, I like to see the body as our vehicle or the house that we live in. And you can liken it to a regular house with the wiring and whatever other things go in a regular house. But we're living in this. And it's how we interact in the world, with the world. We're in these bodies through which we interact in the world. And so these bodies talk to us constantly. Some of the language we hear, some of it is unconscious. Our heart, we don't sit and listen to our heart but it's working or we wouldn't be functioning. We tend to listen to pathologies that appear. Otherwise, our body just works for us. But, but what goes into that is huge. And so it, there's a constant communication between systems and from systems to us if we hear it. How do you hear it? Well, the way that I see it is we hear it unconsciously all the time. It moves us through the world. However, if we come up with an ache or a pain or a, a boo boo or a disease, we as a society tend to hear it louder. We then tend to label it. So the language that the body is speaking is oftentimes labeled by our culture. So, if, for instance, um, my brother once said to me that he had arthritis, and that was a full stop, and he had no idea what that meant. And so for him, pain equaled arthritis, end of story. For me, arthritis is the result of abnormal wear and tear on joints. So that opens up a whole other world because you can say to somebody, so you have abnormal wear and tear on your joints. Why? What are you doing? What is it posturally? What is it activity-wise? What is it nutritionally that you haven't addressed that's damaging your joints, The other thing about the body, from my experience, is it has an inordinate ability to heal itself if it's given the encouragement and the right circumstances. I like to tap into that natural healing, natural being the word, the nature of the body is that it can heal itself in a lot of ways.
1: Can you tell me more about that, about how the body can heal itself?
0: A simple example with arthritis is if I were to look at his arthritis as abnormal wear and tear on the joints, and so I looked at his body and saw that he had, it was postural because he had abnormal posture. He was bent forward. And then I looked at what caused him to bend forward and he had an old scar in his belly that was pulling him forward, which put abnormal forces on his spine. So when I treated the scar and gave him the ability to stand more upright, his symptoms reduced. And that was just over a short period of time. I've seen patients where it's pretty clear that if you have an injury, like a whiplash injury, if you change the mechanics or how the, the spine is being influenced and the posture, you can have resorption of abnormal bone growth over time. The body's just brilliant. If it doesn't need the extra bone for stability, it will resorb it. And I've seen that personally in treating people, and I've seen it in changes on x-ray. So my point is just to open things up That the diagnosis that you might have or the pain that you might have, instead of labeling it to expand your definition, see it as the body talking to you rather than I have a bad knee. I would say, okay, what is my knee trying to tell me? And then I would move from there with the background knowledge that the body does have a profound ability to heal itself if given the opportunity.
1: Could there be other things that the body is telling you besides just posture? Like, could there be physiological states or emotional states that are tied into that too?
0: Yes, I I believe, I know that the emotional states are actually manifested in the physical form. So when I treat, I'm treating what comes, a musculoskeletal problem, but what's causing that problem is usually has an emotional underpinning to it. Carl Fried Graf von Durkheim, who was not only a diplomat, but also a Zen master and a psychologist, said, and I quote, There is no psychic structure and no inner tension which is not reflected in the body. There have been many times, and I'm, I'm sitting there with my hands on somebody's physical form, and it doesn't change, and I have quite a bit of skill And then I start talking to the person because I fundamentally believe that the body never lies. The physiology never lies. It's talking to me. It's talking to the patient who may not understand it, but I understand it. And so if the body's talking to me, I have my hands on the body. And there's a feedback loop between me and that body. And I'm asking the patient questions about that actual area. If the area doesn't change, if the physiology underneath my hands does not change, then I know we're not on to the actual reason for it being tight or sore or whatever. And so I will keep questioning until the answer that changes the physical form underneath my hands comes. And then there's what we call a release, and it changes the actual physiology in those tissues.
1: Could you tell me what a feedback loop is?
0: For me, uh, everything is a feedback loop. I know that's sort of a broad statement. So language, when I speak to you right now, we have a feedback loop. We're going back and forth. I call it reciprocity. It's in a relationship. A relationship contains our speaking to each other, and we go back and forth. The body itself feeds us information via symptoms and The feedback loop would be us listening to it and responding to it. Any feedback loop is a call and response. It's a listening and response between two beings or between two physiological systems, which requires the understanding of language. It is a form of language.
1: Why would someone do this work of learning to listen to their own pain rather than just cover it up? What does that offer them?
0: Well, on some level, it offers them power. And to me, power, the definition of power comes from the Latin for posse, which means to be able. So oftentimes, I want to be empowered. I want to empower my patients because in the face of the dysfunction they might have or the pain they might have, they feel powerless. So my job is to teach them to be powerful. You know, we have cars and we take them in for tire changes or tune-ups We take care of them. They're a vehicle, but we don't take that same kind of care of our own vehicle. When the warning light comes on in your car, you take it into the mechanic. Any symptom we have in our bodies is also considered a warning light. So for me, it's a way of then addressing what the vehicle is asking for. And that's a feedback loop.
1: So when someone is empowered... Or it feels like they have power over their body. What does that offer them?
0: Well, to me, it's not over your body. It's power within your body, that you have an ability within your body. If there's something you cannot do because your, your body is stopping you, let's put it that way, once you can change that, you feel powerful, you feel full of ability. And it can be something as simple as, you know, standing up from sitting down may be difficult, but it influences everything. And when you can change that, you feel empowered. And not just empowered, but more functional. Basically, a lot of this model is about power and being able. And being able means being functional. And I don't mean power over anything or anyone. I mean power within things. And that power within comes from the ability. And that ability manifests as greater function. So this little child that I talked about in the last episode, within the stressful time of trying to put a peg into a hole, lost power. The loss of power was demonstrated by lifting a pen up and flying it around like an airplane. That's a language to me. My job as a therapist is to empower that physiology to work in its true nature. And so by demonstrating to that physiology that oxytocin could come to the rescue and that one could then counter a stressful response and learn, I mean, it's learning on a physiological level. Her physiology learned that it could be comforted by its own chemicals. That to me is a skill. It's an internal skill. And I find that in our culture, we're so unregulated on so many levels So it's really about learning to regulate your own physiology in a way that empowers you and makes you more functional.
1: What does regulate your own physiology mean?
0: To regulate your own physiology means to be able to change state to a healthier, more natural healing state inside of yourself. And a healthier state within yourself is is reflected by normalizing or having healthier feedback loops within your physiology itself so feedback loops between the different systems inside of you are what actually regulates you and those feedback loops consist of a language that's internal to the different systems of your body where they speak to each other and produce balance within your physiology and within your system itself
1: Could you kind of summarize what we've gone over a little bit by answering the question? What would you love someone to walk away with this episode from? What what would you love them to do with this information?
0: I would love them to see their body in such a way as its nature is the ability to carry us through life, the ability to heal, the ability to talk. The body has a huge amount of language, and it's talking to us all the time. We don't necessarily hear it, or we interpret the language that it uses in a way that isn't healing, that doesn't grow us. So that would be the main thing I would want to, to change your perception of your body. It's your vehicle. It's how you interact with the world. It has enormous abilities to heal itself, and it has its own language, and it talks to us all the time.
1: If you were to tell me to do one thing this week to start practicing that concept, what would that be?
0: I would say just to notice that you're in different states at different times with different people or under different circumstances. And maybe for now to label the state and just to notice this is fear, this is anxiety, it's associated with this person or this happening. That's what I would want. And to see that as your body talking to you, not as something bad, not as something that needs to be suppressed. It's simply talking to you and you can learn information. Your body's sending you information molecules. It's your ally.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Sometimes we drop bonus episodes, which only those who are subscribed gain access to. So definitely don't miss out on them. Hit subscribe, leave us a quick review, five-star rating. We would love to have you in our community.